All right, 2.13, we're going to get started. I'm trying to get this last person that just texted me the notes. Unfortunately, now Skid feels like it's locking up and not doing anything. Framework. All right. I do apologize if you don't have them. If you can get into, if you download the Sked app, it's that little flying man, looks like an astronaut guy. Uh, you can get the notes straight from there. These are the notes that I just will be talking through. But just, uh, you know, real quick, just wanted to give a little bit of background to who I am. If you don't know me, my name is Gary Fowler. I've had the privilege of working with this guy, Conan Stevens, for several years. And uh, just, he's one of those guys that's like, man, he believes in you probably more than you do. And probably a lot of what I do now even maybe came from an insecure place of I don't know how to help somebody. So I kind of started to get into coaching thing. I really wanted to help and be a blessing and help people kind of go further than they think they can go because somebody did that for me. And uh, so a lot of this is, is just a way of making sure that I'm helping them get where they want to go instead of me just trying to take them where I want them to go. Because I don't want to manipulate anybody. I want to help them get where they want to go. And that to me is the true essence of coaching. There's a lot of great definitions around there. I think I heard the most simple one is helping you get where you want to go. That's pretty much it. Uh, so I was just reminded the other day of my, I've got three daughters. One is 23 in California. I've got a 14-year-old at home and a 12-year-old at home. And we were just kind of talking through, and I was talking to my youngest daughter, Reagan, and uh, said, you know, what's one thing that we can pray for you about? And she says, I really want you to pray for me to be a better sister. Right? That's what I did. I'm like, oh, just total empath coming out of me right now. I'm like, that's so sweet. And then my 14-year-old Hannah comes around, and I was asking Hannah, how can I pray for you? And she looked at Reagan, and we call her Ray or Ray Ray, Reagan, any of that. And she said, well, would you pray for Ray Ray? And she says, I prayed to be a better sister. And I think you should pray for that too. (laughs) So totally derailed that. But I think I kind of stumbled into the framework coaching because I was praying to be a better leader. And I think you should pray for that too. Because I think that frameworks help us. Come on in, Brent. There's plenty of room over here. We can turn these chairs. We've already, as long as you promise to put it back the way that it was, we'll, uh, we'll let you turn it a little bit. But I, I found myself in leadership positions, and I, and I was always coming from a place of my own personal insecurities would come through, my own personal bias, my own personal experience. And that's what makes this hard. So a lot of what I'm gonna what I'm gonna talk about, I gave you the notes. There's a PDF version, there's an editable version in there if you want as well. Uh, here's my information. If you want to text me after this, I'm happy to share anything and everything because everything I'm doing today, I probably stole it. Okay, I just steal from the best, and then I've compiled this into these presentations. And if you sat through what what Conan just talked about, you're going to hear some of the same language because we're walking and navigating through some of the same stuff. And I remember when I was in the military and uh, there was a, a, I mean, I got to work in like, if you see the the TV shows, like where there's a battle staff area and they're debriefing war, like the war rooms. I actually got to work in an environment like that. So these guys were always just the top, that was a top brass. And there was a general kind of debriefing uh, an exercise and he says, well, what happened? Why didn't it work? And the guy was like, oh, sir, I'm, I'm really sorry, but I, I, was, I was sick. I wasn't here. And he said, okay, what happened? Why didn't it work? He said, well, sir, I, I was sick. He said, and the, the general went nuts. He says, are you telling me that if we would have went to war, your excuse is that you were sick, that this whole thing depend on you? Is that what you're telling me? And I'll never forget the lesson because here's what he was saying. It has to work when you're not there. 
It has to work when you're not there. So I have found frameworks as an excellent opportunity for me to give people, here's what needs to be done whether I'm here or not. Here's a framework. Do this, that's fine. And then there's some flexibility and freedom within that framework. And, and I forget who says it. We give Maxwell credit for every great quote, but he says success without a successor is what? It's failure. If I'm doing something and I'm not training somebody else to do what I'm doing, if I'm not there, then we have to figure out what we're doing wrong because success without a successor is failure. So coaching frameworks has really become one of my favorite topics. I literally don't think I have a conversation without a framework in my head to have conversations. And if you have the notes, I got this compartmentalized in organization and team, and then I've just got what I just call other frameworks. I ran out of time to just put all the frameworks that I kind of walk people through. So I'm going to go through some here, and then I'm going to unpack, and then I want to, I almost want to give you enough that it's going to feel like a fire hose. There's no way you're going to pick up all the, all the little nuances from every framework, but I want to offer them to you, and then later we can kind of come back and, and debrief a little bit of these again. When Conan was talking in his last session, uh, I do, I got a friend who's a great friend, he's a Fortune 500 uh, coach, consultant, and he's finding that he is going into these companies and what their biggest complaint is, is things are going too fast and every problem is complex. And I always say this, that every, every decision is easy until you involve emotion. Oh, well, what should I do with that singer? Well, get her off the stage. Well, wait a minute, she tithes. Every decision is easy until you involve emotion. So frameworks help us just take the emotion out of it and then insert, now we're dealing with facts. Now we're dealing with all the things that we can't really factor in yet. We're still gonna have to do that, but just not yet. And one of my, one of my favorite things to say, and, and Jen over here is gonna be my clicker, is uh, you know this whole thing, it's all about Jesus or it's not. That's really where I am in my walk with Christ right now, is it's, it's either all about Jesus or it's not. Having you, helping you get somewhere that you wanna go is, is I think that's discipleship, right? So it's all about Jesus or it's not. Speed and complexity, click, are the two greatest challenges that our leaders are facing today. Oops, I already said that one. Click. There we go. Speed and complexity, two of the greatest challenges that our leaders are facing today. Because how many of you are saying, man, my life is just too slow. I wish, I, I wish the day was shorter. I wish, right? Nobody's saying that. Every, you ask anybody how they're doing today, what'd they say? Busy. Whew. Oh, man speed, complexity, and every problem has so many uh, things laced and intertwined with it that speed and complexity, it's not going away. So how do we trust decision-making if everything is faster and everything is so complex that we can't, we can't necessarily slow it down, but frameworks help us at least take the emotion out of it and just think a little bit different. We don't need a bunch of answers to a whole bunch of questions from people who don't have all the facts. So frameworks help us uncover and unearth all of the facts. And here's what we all bring to the table. We all bring our own personal bias. We all bring our own personal experience. We all bring our, our, our own uh, challenges, our own insecurities to this thing. Because if you're talking about getting that singer off the stage, well, if you've ever been rejected, you're saying, let her stay. I'd rather have a lesser product than she'd feel good about it. Well, that might be the answer you come up with, but what if we had a framework to walk through? Because we cannot trust our emotions. We just can't. So frameworks give us a, a way to, and Conan said this uh, last session, our job as leaders, as coaches, is to simply simplify. That's it. 
frameworks help us simplify the problems that then we can kind of step into it and solve. That's what our job is. This right here is what this, my, my friend is a, a consultant coach getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to walk in and help them simplify their problems. How's he doing it? Frameworks. He's saying, oh, you don't have this problem. You've got a culture problem. He's simplifying it by saying, okay, let's work through all this, work through all this, work through all this. He can walk in and just tell them, but they need to work through it on their own. So he's given them the frameworks to do that because common sense just isn't so common anymore, right? You ask anybody to solve a problem, you're going to see their insecurities coming out in that situation. Common sense isn't so common anymore. I always say it like this. Next slide. Frameworks are like a piece of Swiss cheese. They all got holes in them. But if I put one piece of Swiss cheese on top of another, guess what? I got less holes. But if you try to work through situations and scenarios without a framework, you're starting with just a big crater. At least putting one framework down, and I'm going to give you several, that's going to help you get to a better place faster. Again, speed and complexity. It's going to take a little bit of the complexity away. It's going to take a little bit of the speed away. It's going to help you slow down and really focus. And then maybe put another framework on top of that. Changes everything. So simply simplify, we're helping you make better decisions when I'm not there. So I believe that every person asks two questions and I walk, this is a, a personal thing that I coach people through and it kind of comes down to this. People are asking really two questions. Do they like me and am I doing a good job? That's really what people want to know. That's, that's a lot of what our insecurities are dealing with. Uh, Angel Perepsky did a great session on the Enneagram and that's really what a lot of this comes down to is do they like me and am I doing a good job? And I believe frameworks help them know that they're doing a good job. That you walk through this, you're going to get to a place different than if you just tried it on your own. And then what do they feel? Man, I did it. I, I did this. Great. That's awesome. Now, do I like you? Totally different conversation for another time. So let me do this. I want to just show you something. This is a framework that we, uh, that we do as a staff. And I understand this isn't going to be helpful for everybody, so I don't want to spend a ton of time on this. But we've got a guy at the church uh, named Eric Zabrowski. Look at this thing. This could look really complicated, but this is a framework. Here's what this framework is. We've broken our yearly calendar into three, not four, but three seasons. Because I believe that there are seasons of a church the first of the year through Easter. That's probably season one. Then we've got our summer season, and then we've got, we've got our, our kind of uh, back to school slash through the end of the year. Now, I stole this from Vu Church in Miami, Rich Wilkerson Jr., who probably stole it from Highlands. So all of this is stolen. But what he did was he plugged our information into their framework. So if you look at these things over here, this is who has some decisions to make. Who owns the territory? This is the series. Guess who owns that? Conan. What am I going to preach on? We've got it. Look at, this is through the end of the year, folks. Now, can he change it? Yeah. But at least now we know what he's talking about every week, every month, every season. And then the next steps from that message is this. What's the churchwide event for this month? It's this. What are groups doing this month? It's this. This is just a framework. This has changed everything. Because now our staff doesn't have to wonder, am I doing a good job? They know they're doing a good job because I'm doing the thing. I'm, I'm running the play that we already called. And so if you see down here kind of the, the uh, you know, even, even right now, here it is, synergy. It's already on the calendar. I don't have to wonder what's coming up. This framework helps me make decisions. 
I just had this conversation with somebody the other day. They're like, hey, what if we did this? And I say, huh, yeah, we don't have room for that because I'd have to take something off of the plate in order to add that to this plate. This gives you permission to say no without being a bad guy. What this is saying is that we are so far out planned that, you know what, this is based on the goals that we started with, we run it through our budget, and this is what we're able to do. So frameworks are absolutely huge for us. This is what we just call our, uh, this is our, our meeting calendar. So this is our meeting template. So this is a little bit of a, that last one was a high version. This is a little bit more scaled down and drilled down that in January, February, March, and April, here's what we're gonna do. Here's the plays we're gonna run. We're gonna have our weekly meetings. We're gonna have weekly what we call info share. And all, all info share is this, it's a framework. What are things that you are going to be asked as a member or a staff member of this church? Or what are things that you, some other department, is going to do that might affect my department? Hey, I'm going to have a worship night on, on Sunday in a youth room. Oh, that affects somebody else in the room. We should all be aware of that. So all we're doing is sharing information and those two things, the criteria. It's a framework. That's all it is. And then monthly, we're going to have our department meetings. And then if you look down, it, and BS isn't what you think it is. BS stands for brainstorm, but it, there probably is a lot of the other BS in these things too. And then monthly, we have what's called an all-staff meeting. So this month, we are going to have an all-staff meeting. It's Easter touch base. We're going to decide on our graphic service, and then we're going to touch base on Mother's Day because we don't want... Here's the thing. The calendar is going to happen whether we're ready for it or not. So this is just making sure that we are ready for it. And then we are going to look at season two calendar, and then we're going to have a prayer focus. This is language that we use, and I'll talk about that later. And then at the, by the end of this month, here's what we want to have. Uh, working television. That's what we're going to work on. There we go. Okay, can you log back into that for me, Jen? And it's Gary at myc3church.com if it wants uh, another address. But basically, this is a framework that we walk people through. A version of this is in the notes as well. So the, the uh, frameworks that we use for the seasons, we use a framework for monthly all staff, we use a framework for the rest of the weeks, and then another thing that we just put on the rhythm of our calendar because it's important to us is the second Wednesday of every month is leadership development. And then what I give them? I give them a framework. Everybody's walking through the same framework, everybody knows the expectation is to do the work, show up ready to, ready to uh, discuss it. That's all we're doing. People are thriving in the environment because they know the expectations and they can do the expectations and they show up and if they've done them, it's, we did a good job. Are you able to get back on there? No? Okay. Then, because this next, I might not need it for this next part. Let's go to this. Let's go to this. It might not let me do it if I'm not attached to the internet. That's going to be a bummer. But... Here's what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to walk through even just our, our weekly rhythms. And again, framework, stolen, that every Monday we have as many meetings as we can. Meeting Monday. That's what we call it. Meeting Monday. Now, the introverts hate it because it's all people all day. But then we follow that up with Task Tuesday. Whatever came. Yeah, I get some amens from the back of the room. And I don't even care if you come in the office. Because most people are probably going to get a little bit more done if you don't have all the distractions of the people coming to the office. So meeting Monday, get everything that you need to get done. Task Tuesday. And then here's what we say about Wednesday. We want it to be wrapping up. Because Sunday happens every week. So don't be surprised when it gets here. So start wrapping up on Wednesday. Anything that's mission critical, on, it should be wrapping up on Wednesday. And then here's, this is the beauty of like Google. They've done all this. Creating margin for us to think 
on Thursday. That's it. Think Thursday. Now, if I need to have a meeting, I can say, okay, Brett, we're going to have a meeting. But if it's, I want to discuss how we can do discipleship better, great. That's moving to Thursday. Because we're going to think on Thursday. We're going to create space, a framework to operate within that. And I'm probably going to bring another framework to have that even meeting on Think Thursday. And then Friday, we call it Flexible Friday. If you've got everything done that's mission critical, take the day off. If you don't, get your crap done. And Saturday is your Sabbath. Saturday, we want you to be off. If there's an event or something, we'll make, another, we'll make a concession throughout the rest of the week. You can take some time off. And then here we go. Sunday's the beginning of the work week. So what do we do? We SWAT. S-W-O-T. Strength, weaknesses, opportunities, threats. And we SWAT something specific. And then guess what we do with that? Monday, we have meetings around it. And we discuss what we talked about. So we're swatting on Sunday. So if we can't get this, and it looks like we're not going to have much luck with that, again, I will email you all these notes, or you can just download them from SCED. So meeting Monday, your one-on-ones, your departments. If you call me and say, hey, can we have a meeting? If I've got margin, I'm going to try to put it on Monday. That's my rhythm, that I want to have all my meetings on Monday. If it can't happen, a lot of times we'll make an exception. But I'll probably even move it to Friday, because that's flexible. If I can, I'll do it on Friday. So here's a couple other ones. Dang, we are getting killed on this thing. You've all heard of this, but when I work with a team, I literally had a guy call me the other day and just says, hey, I really need to think through getting out of the facility we're in, getting into a new facility, and I need to know when's the right time to take the jump, when's the wrong time to take the jump. All I did was sat down and wrote the word grow, and you all know this framework. What is the goal? Now, I'm gonna, here's, that's one piece of Swiss cheese is grow. What's the goal? What's another piece of Swiss cheese I can put on top of that Swiss cheese to make sure that they don't have a bad goal? You ever heard of smart goals? This is another piece of Swiss cheese. What's your goal? Well, I'd like to. Okay, hold on. Let's make it a smart goal. Let's make it specific. Oh, I want to be out of this building and into this building by Easter. Great. That's very specific. Is it measurable? Yes. Is it attainable? Ah, we'll see. Is it realistic and is it time bound? So smart is just another piece of Swiss cheese sandwiched in the GROW framework. Uh, reality, so what is the goal? What is the reality? Oh, I, seriously, that's all I did was wrote down the word GROW. What's your goal? And he told me. We wrote SMART goal. He did all that. I said, now what's the current reality? He said, well, the current reality is I don't have enough money to do it. Okay, now we're really drilling down on something. What are, what are, what are your options? Oh, well, I guess I could take out a loan. I guess I could, you know, teach on tithing. I guess I could. He's now coming up with options. Great. The W. What, what way forward are you going to, what's your way forward? Or what are you going to do? However you want to do that, but your way forward. What is it that you're trying to achieve? Your goal. What is the reality of where we're at? What are my options? And then what is my way forward? That's a framework. That's all I do with people. We walked through it. He thought I was a genius. I could have emailed him that, but hey, you want to pay me for it? I'll gladly do that. <laughs> Here's it, and this is this. I, I'm sure I stole this because it's pretty good. So, I, hey, thanks, whoever did that, Chris, you crushed it for me. Thank you. Go to the next slide. Oh, Mr. Coach over there. Uh, go back one. Is there? Is there one that's okay? There's that. If anybody needs that, next slide. Yep, and then the next slide. Okay. Yeah, so we're talking about sense-making. I'll get to that in just a second. Is that really the next? Oh, yeah, it is. Sense-making. Again, this is people pay this guy thousands of dollars to come in and help make sense, to simplify, and that's the number one indicator of leadership effectiveness. Think about that. Somebody comes in with these complex problems that are coming at them fast. What do they say? I just don't even know what to do. My head is spinning. Okay, well, let's pause, 
let's just simplify this. Let's make sense of where we're at right now. 20 years ago, this wasn't even a category that people talked about. How to help people make sense of speed and complexity. So if you can use frameworks to help people make sense, then your leadership ability and effectiveness is going to go up. You're going to be sought after, not because you're, help, you're solving their problems, but because they feel valuable after they walk out. You've added value to them. Now they know, I'm going to go out of here and I'm going to do a good job. Helping you make sense of it. Because I can't tell you what to do all the time. I'm fully, I, I, I'm fully confident that our staff, I don't really even touch Sundays anymore. I don't. Because they do. And we've got frameworks in place that if they're not, then that'll kind of shoot up a red flag and we'll, we'll address it before Sunday happens. We're always going to have a mistake. And I, I'm fine with mistakes. I, I encourage let's make some mistakes. If we're going to make mistakes, let's make big ones. But let's not make the same mistakes. That's when I have a problem. Because that tells me that it's a bad system or a bad framework. You make some big mistakes? I saw you getting singled out over here. Okay. Oh, no. Hey, and that's on recording too. So yeah, you, you're going to light a couch on fire or something over here. Okay, next slide. Here's, here's just a framework. What I was seeing in our, in our church, we were doing this renovation progress, process. And it's you know $500,000 on three months. And people were just, oh, I got to get it. I got to get it. I got to get it. And they were just buying things. And I'm like, well, whoa, 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 what are you, what are you doing? Well, I, I got the budget. I'm going to do it. I said, yeah, but the, it, it just doesn't work. That We bought trash cans, no joke. They have a metal liner inside the trash can. When you try to pull a plastic bag out of them, what do you think happens in a plastic bag with a metal liner? A sharp metal liner. It rips them. So it was the right cost, but it just doesn't function. So don't buy it. It looks great. It, and it looks fantastic. That's honestly what they did. They said, well, it's our brand. And it was within the budget. It's like, okay. People were making similar, and I saw it over and over and over. So I said, okay, here's what we're going to do. I just remember CFL is like Canadian Football League. But then I think cost. Is it in your budget? That's the first thing I want you to look through. Because if it's not, don't come to me with it. They don't have to ask me questions anymore. Is it going to do what it's designed to do? What we need it to do? If yes, now. Does it look right? Because we got people in the church will say, but it looks fantastic. But it was out of budget and it doesn't work. But it looks fantastic. It's a bad framework. It's a, it, because all we're doing is we're letting people filter with their own personal opinion, their own bias. This saves a lot of time and money. It gets to the place now where they're coming in, I know, CFL. <laughs> you know what I say? They got it. It's an easy, transferable framework for them to walk through. This next one is one that we do. You know this. You know this probably well. Right, wrong, missing, confusing. This is simply called four helpful lists. If it's right, we're going to amplify it. If it's wrong, we're going to fix it. If it's missing, we're going to add it. If it's confusing, we're going to clarify it. That's it. We build this into everything we do. We just had a marriage conference. The email goes out. Hey, everybody, could you fill this out before our next meeting? And then we do. And then we park that. And then next year in the first season, we're going to think, hey, do we want to do marriage conference again? Let's pull out all the right, wrong, missing, confusings, and let's work through those. Because we don't want to make the same mistakes again. It's just a framework. Conan talked through a little bit of the delegation framework that he uses. This is one that I use right here. So this next slide is uh, research. I use this one. I like this one a little bit better because it adds just another layer for me. Go research and then tell me what you found. You, hey, we need a new copier. Okay, Brent, I need you to go research and just give me all the information that you come up with. That's it. That's research and inform. Research and advise. 
Frank, go research it and then come to me with the top three and then just give me the advice. Advise me on which one you think we should go with. That's research and advice. Research and decide. I don't care. Just go do it. That's one, right? That's one piece of Swiss cheese, research and decide. But then the other one is going to be CFL. Okay, as long as it's within our budget, as long as it's going to do what we want to do, because there's more research that has to be done now. So just go get a copier. Dear Lord, do you ever price those things out? You're going to mortgage the church almost just to get another copier. So go research and decide based on these frameworks. That's all we're going to do with that. Uh, one of the examples, uh, you know, a lot of people say language creates culture. And uh, one of the things that we just did at a leadership lesson was um, if, if you were in the military and flew helicopters, forgive me because I'm going to probably butcher how this thing works. But here was my version of it. Uh, we talked about I got to ride in the helicopter when I was in the military and the communication between the, the pilot and the co-pilot was just awesome. Headset on, they're flying, and then all of a sudden over the, the headphones, the guy says, hey, I think I'm ready to take a break. I might need you, I'm going to need you to fly. Now it gets serious. Now there is a designed framework that has to happen. Co the pilot says, ready to release controls. Co-pilot, ready to receive controls. Okay, guess what happens if this guy says ready to release controls and he doesn't hear anything? Nothing. This guy still has controls. Ready to release controls. Ready to receive controls. Releasing controls. No, I'm not, because I didn't hear back. Ready to release controls. Receiving controls. And then, and then they walk through this, and they says, controls released. Oh, I didn't hear anything. I got him. Until you hear somebody else say, controls received. Now, now I can just sit back. Somebody's got to fly this plane. And so that has taken on a whole new language in, a, in our church. They're walking in and saying, okay, who's got controls? They're, they're visually walking through, ready to release controls, ready to receive controls, releasing controls, receiving controls, controls released, controls received. So we walk around and be like, hey, I know we're talking marriage culture or marriage conference, but who has controls? Great. Let's clarify that. Now I don't have to wonder who's flying that plane. So that's just another, uh, some language. A lot of times when I'll come into a church and, or a, an organization or whatever, and they're like, hey, you know what, we're just having these problems with execution. Here's an execution framework. I've really, and maybe there's more, but this is just a framework I walk people through. If we can get to that slide, the next one. Clarity, capacity, competency. I really wanted another C, but I just couldn't get it there. Clarity. Do I even know what you're asking me to do? Is it clear what you're asking me to do? Do you fully understand that you're flying this plane? Okay, capacity. And this isn't just a time thing. Do I have the mental capacity? If you come in and tell me you're, you know, your dad's going through chemo, your kid's sick, your wife is bedridden, I'm probably not going to give you a lot. Do you have the capacity? Do you have the mental margin and the time margin to do this? And then capability. Are they just, can they just do the job? Can they do it? Do they have the competency? Do they have the capability to do the job? And then this. This makes a big deal. I just don't want to do it. I, yeah. But guess what? There's always things that we don't want to do, but I don't want to stick them in that for long because these are the people that are going to get a little bit passive resistant. Like, well, I said I'd do it. They can. It's clear what you want them to do. They have the capacity to do it. They can because anybody could. They just don't want to. 
So that's a framework that we'll walk through with people. If I see somebody struggling, this can be like a yearly review type thing. How many times did you have to have this conversation? Start logging that. And if it always comes down to the desire, guess what? They're probably in the wrong spot. Maybe the wrong, uh, the, uh, the wrong, yeah, different conversation. Next one. This is just, again, something I think, uh, this is one of those things that we were just like, okay, well, what do we mean when we're talking about assimilation? What do we mean when we're talking about, uh, you know, the next steps? What do we mean when we're talking about, and this is all we came up with. Recruit, everybody knows what recruit means. How are we recruiting people? What are we recruiting them to? Because this is changing everything. Because I'm saying, how many people are you recruiting? And they're like, well, none. What's, let me hear your ask. What are you asking me to do? Hey, how would you like to be on the coffee team? What's involved? Um, guess what? Bad recruiting. If I don't know what I'm recruiting them to, then I'm pretty sure that my spiel is not going to be uh, good enough to get them on team. And then onboarding. Here's what we're saying. 80% of the onboarding should be the same, whether you're working in kids or music or coffee or greeters, whatever. It's cultural. It's, it's all the same, but there's about 20% that's specific to this. To work in kids ministry, you have to have a background check. To work as a greeter, you don't. So there's 20% of the things that on the onboarding process, we're going to walk them through. And then are we training them? Are we adding value to these people? Are we, we just started, we just implemented the team night thing, which you might have saw on our seasonal calendar. And then what are we doing to retain them? And so we started our monthly reporting uh, this week. They're going to say, this is how many I've recruited. These are how many I've retained. So we need, we're, we plan on launching a campus in September. So everybody's losing their minds until we walk through a framework. How many people do you need to do that successfully? Oh, I need 47 kids workers. Great. How many you got? Six. Okay. That's, that's the goal. And then here's the reality. Now what are our options? Recruit, onboard, train, retain. What's your way forward? I've got to write my recruiting spiel. I've got to figure out the, the language for the onboarding. Team night, we're going to take care of that because that's going to be uh, the training part. And then what are you doing to make them feel valued? How are you retaining them? Last, uh, last framework I want to get to before we kind of jump into this is one that I walked through at the C3 Network Conference. This is just fun. If you're, if you're, if you're at a, wherever you're at, this is just a Fun framework to walk people through. Has anybody walked through this one? This is really fun. I know you have, Shannon. That, hey, three years ago, where were we? Oh, you know what? We were running X amount of people. We only had this much money. We had this much land. This is an opportunity to really just celebrate what God's done. Where were we three years ago? But again, here comes the reality. Where are we at today? Uh, we're actually less. What is that telling you? It's giving you good information. It's, giving, it's driving reality without the emotion of having to say, I think we're declining. Well, why do you think that? Um, there's less people. <laughs> huh. Where were we at three years ago? Where are we at today? And then this is what I love. There's vision here. Where do we want to be three years from now? Oh, man. We're going to be three campuses. We're going to have four albums. We're gonna... This gives people the ability to dream, and you can kind of see where they're at. We have staff members that are saying, I see where we're going, and I don't think I can make the jump. We just had that this week. I just don't think I can get us there. Did I have to tell them that? No. All we did was painted such a clear picture of reality. This is where we're going. Three years ago, you were awesome on this team. You were. You helped us to get to where we are today. But you said you don't think you have what it takes to get to that jump. And then what are the things that are going to keep us from getting there? 
And dude, this is just fun. This is a really great framework to walk through. You can do this in your marriage. Where were we at three years ago? Where are we at today? Where do we want to be three years from now? What's going to kill it? This, you can do this with anything, anyone, anytime. This is a, if you don't know what else to do, do this. It's just so easy to do. And then these are just some individual ones that I do. And like, these, are, these are kind of from some of the, uh, the conversations that we've had as a staff. Uh, the next slide says this, empath, sage, and leader. Now, I want to set this up in a way that this is all from a book that I've gotten certified in this guy's coaching, and it is fantastic. So when I coach somebody through, I'm sorry, I'm not standing in front of it. When I coach somebody through, all I'm doing, I'm discipling this person through a framework. And this is one of the things that we walk through, and I just walked through this with our staff the other day. And I said, all right, here are kind of the ways that you can show up as a leader. You can be an empath, next slide. And so basically an empath is going to be the comforter. The empath is going to say, Brent, I am so sorry you're walking through that, man. That, is, that has got to be tough. I'm empathetic to the situation. I'm always going to go empath first. That's just probably a little bit of me. I'm just going to say, man, I'm so sorry. You're in the dirt. I'm going to sit in the dirt with you. But guess what? We're not going to stay in the dirt. Because then, then comes the sage. And the sage is just the advisor. The sage is probably the coach. Okay, here you are. What's the goal? What's the reality? What are our options? And what's the way what? Forward. It's not how much longer can we sit here. It's no, what are we going to do about the reality that we just discovered? So empath is I'm going to come in. All of you are really good at one of these. All of you are really bad at one of these. And the other one you can probably do okay. Okay, so empath is, and you're probably sitting there thinking, dang, I ain't going to sit with anybody and comfort them. I'm not even going to give them advice. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm a leader. I'm just going to tell them. Here's what you need to do. Get up. Clean off your boots. Get, come on. Let's go. You, 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 you say you want to be this? Well, then get up. Do this. Because to you, you're directing. You're saying, I, I don't know why this is hard. Just get up and do it. So what's blocking them? And then here's the, here's the beauty of this. You can always live mix. So if you think about a soundboard, my father-in-law is a sound guy, and he says he can walk into the room and look at the board and look at the room and tell you if it's set right. Doesn't even have to turn it on because he can just look at it like, oh, yeah, that's going to be bad. But he can also look at it, and say, oh, but then you turn it on and you kind of nuance it a little bit. Here's an example. My daughter, was, she's 23 years old, living in California, crazy expensive. Rent is due. Van just broke down. Job isn't what, they're getting her the hours she wants. I Go back one slide for just a second. I came in, and I said, well, Shana... At some point, you're just going to have to get a job that can pay your bills. Here's what she said. Dad, it's not what I need right now. In my mind, no joke, I'm like, I went empath. I'm like, honey, I am so sorry. It's got to be so hard living in California, away from the family, not having the security that you need. I went total empath. And then this was the beauty of the moment. She says, Dad, what do you think I should do? Oh, I got to play all three of them within like six minutes. I came in real strong here. Thank God I have a daughter who knows me well enough to say, no, Dad, that's not what I want. But not everybody's going to tell you that. You know what? When you come in as a leader and they don't need a leader to direct them, what are they going to do? They're gone because they're coming to you to help them. They don't need you to direct them. This live mix thing, our staff has totally changed now because they walk into a situation and they're thinking, okay, what does this person need instead of what do I want to give them? What does this person need from me right now? Great coaching question. What do you need? That's it. They'll tell you. 
you know what? I really just need somebody to tell me what to do. Boom! Here's what you need to do. I really just want somebody to listen. Boom! Here's what we're going to do. I really just want somebody to give me some advice who's been in my shoes before. Empath, sage, leader. This will change the way you lead. And then on Sunday mornings when people come to you and you don't have the margin for it, you can think, okay, my soundboard is broke. The only cue working is leader. Maybe they should go talk to somebody else if you're not going to be able to be empathetic with them. So empath, sage, leader is a big one for us. Live mixing is about changing the uh, change in the moment to meet the need of the person that they have. Next slide. Uh, this is just something that everybody calls it a leadership pipeline. I just think not everybody's going to identify as a leader, and nobody wants to be in a pipeline. So we've just call, I just call it leadership by circles and, and lines. Seriously, that's it. And basically, that's just a framework that I ask people, all right, where are you at now? Where do you want to be? What are the skills required to get here? That's it. They fill this out. And then here's what I do. Okay, when do you want to have that skill done by? When do you want to have it? When do you want to do this, this, this? And then here's the, here's the magic. And I remember we were uh, in, a, in a staff meeting. I was on staff with Shannon at the time. And uh, Greg Ford come in. And he's like, hey, if we're not developing people, if we're not leading leaders, we're leading leaders and blah, blah, blah. And at the time, I'll never forget this guy's humility. He says, I think I'm just a high-capacity doer. And I'm like, oh, well, I don't want him to have to go. So what can we do? He says, I don't even know how to do what you're asking me to do. What does it mean to develop somebody? So we just came up with this. A skill learned in order to go from skill one to skill two, and that's what the S stands for, so skill one. So now, skill one, and this is what I want to learn by this time. Because without a deadline, right, it's got to be smart. It's got to be time-bound. So here's the date of where I'm at now. Here's the skill I'm going to learn by this day, and here's how I know if I learned it. Did I, how am I going to learn it? Okay, Brent is great at what I'm trying to do. I'm going to set up the meeting with him. Great. I can listen to the podcast. I can read a book. How are you going to learn it? Then modeling it. You can read all the books on time management in the world, but if you aren't modeling it, if you're not implementing something you've learned, you haven't got it yet. I know how to do it. I think somebody should do it, but I'm not going to do it yet. If you're not modeling it, you don't got it. And then this is the magic and this is the discipleship. Who can I transfer that to? Who can I teach that to? So learning, model it, and transfer it. I did, a, I did a lesson on uh, like culture, leadership culture. And here's the definition of culture that I loved. And I didn't have this before we created this. Culture is learned. And then, no, 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 I didn't mean go to slide. So learned and then it's transmitted from generation to generation. That's what this is. Learn it and transfer it. That's what culture is. Culture is learned. Now, what is culture? It's all of our behaviors. It's how we believe. It's how we talk to each other. That's culture. But how do, you, how, do you, how do you transfer that? You've got to learn the culture, and then you've got to become part of the culture, and then you can transfer the culture. Next slide. Anybody seen this? Boy, this is fun. This is a lot of fun. And when I say fun, I mean like a toothache fun. But if you can identify yourself in this framework, so go ahead and punch, punch the first one for me, Jen. This is typically where I kind of try to sit in my life. I always thought, man, if anybody's got a problem, I just want to help them. I'm just going to help them. Now, I've learned that it probably becomes more of an enabler than a helper. That's where coaching comes in is, all right, what do we want to do about it? What do you want to do about it? Because every rescuer, next slide, they need a victim. They're coming to you as the victim if, they're, if they need rescued. Oh, poor me. I mean, Shannon was mean to me, and therefore, 
I, now I need a rescuer because then what am I making Shannon? She's the bully. Have you ever seen this? You play these all day, all the time. I, we've got a friend that, uh, that does care ministry, and I, I used him as an example, a guy named Jeff. He would do this in the same day. He would come to me like, so they come to him for the need, care need, like, oh, I need money to pay my rent. You can help me. Yes, I can. Here's the rent money. And then all of a sudden, he's, he comes to me. He's like, Gary, these guys are coming to me all day. They're coming to me with this. They're coming to me with this. They're coming to me with this. He just became the victim. He wants me to be the rescuer, and he made them the bully. Right? Because I need my rent paid. The person's coming to him. You can help me because that dang landlord, they want their money every month. They're the bully. Or marriages. Right? They want you to tell them how to fix their marriage. They're the victim. You fix their marriage because their spouse is the bully. The only way I've seen to successfully step out of this is to coach. Hey, what, when I showed people this, they now will say, holy cats, I've been being a victim the whole time. I can be the best victim ever. Well, then you have to then make somebody the bully, and then you will become codependent that somebody needs to rescue you. So this is really changed a lot of, so I think here's what, here's the sum it up. Frameworks give me confidence that I'm leading well. Frameworks gives them confidence that they're leading well or coaching well. Because really it comes down to it has to work when you're not there. It has to work when you're not there. Sunday happens every week. So last slide I think I got for us is framework is this. It's, frameworks help simply slow, it helps us simplify helps us slow things down, and keeps, us, keeps the move moving. That's it. That's really what we're here for. I've got a ton of other frameworks in these notes that I use for my kids. That I, I just, uh, I think in the last session with Aaron DeLong, I was just talking about a, uh, a framework that I use with my 14-year-old my daughter. I don't know if you have a teenage daughter, but sometimes they can be a little bit challenging to talk to. So I just sat down over coffee, and I said, all right, Hannah, where do you feel like you're winning? I want you to tell me where you think you're winning, and I want you to tell me where you think I'm winning. And then I go, where do you think you're losing? And then where do you think I'm losing? And then I ask, where are you inspired? Where are you stuck? So winning, losing, stuck, and inspired. That was probably one of the best conversations I've ever had with my teenage daughter. But guess what? It would be equally as good if I asked my wife, hey, honey, where do you feel like you're winning right now? I don't feel like I'm winning anywhere. Now, I don't want to rescue her. I can simply step into the moment and say, what do you need from me? How can I help? Because I got caught up in this, I'm going to provide all these solutions when I don't even know what the real issues are. I don't know. I just don't feel like I'm winning anywhere. Well, what are you saying? Our marriage sucks? No, that's not at all what she said. She said she feels like she's not winning. Where do you feel like you're losing right now? I've, I mean, it's just a great framework, and you can use it. I've done it with 14. I did it with my 12-year-old. You can use it with anybody. Stuck? or inspired? It didn't. No, 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 I added a lot of these. Seriously, I ran out of just like, oh my gosh, I've got so many. So winning, losing, stuck, inspired, that is one of them. So if you are, if you do have the notes, is there anyone in there that you just kind of jumped out and says, hey, can you unpack that one a little bit more? Or anything, I'm just going to pause. Anything in here that, what time are we done? Is it 3 or 3.15? 3.15, I think. 3.15, we're done? Okay. Yeah, please. You unpack the right, wrong, missing, Yeah. Can you go back to that slide, Jen? Right, wrong, missing, confusing. 
when do you feel like, or how do you, how do you do this? Do you ever have people that are confused and you're thinking, why are you confused? Absolutely. Sometimes yeah. Yeah, no, I think, again, really what you would do with this is kind of get to that, well, it was a little confusing. All right, and this is, if you're leading this, you've got to keep the emotion at the door, right? Because you, this is a great opportunity to be offended because this one's always fun. What are we doing right? Yay, let's celebrate. A lot of times I'll end with this one. Hey, what was wrong? What was missing? What was confusing? Okay, now what's right? What I think you're talking about comes down to a little bit of the, the execution part of that. So what was the problem? Was it clarity? Okay, now I'm going to have some conversation around that. Was it research and inform? Was it research and advise? Was it research and decide? So, I mean, I seriously would use every framework I just talked about. This is going to get me to the execution conversation. The execution conversation is going to get me to clarity, capacity, or competency, or desire. And then if they keep hedging in that, then I'm going to say, okay, what authority did I give them? And if I didn't give them the right authority, that's where I'm at. So did you not know? Did you really not understand? Or did you just really not want to do it? Okay. Let's be honest about it. So, I mean, seriously, that's five pieces of Swiss cheese right there. That's a little bit hard to get something through. And in, when you can drill down on the clarity of those questions, you're going to see it in them. They're going to start to squirm like, I am not getting out of this. I just didn't want to do it. Or a lot of it's going to come back down to, here comes the excuse. Ah, oh, you know what, the calendar. My wife, my son, my daughter. Now I can come in and go empath. Oh, I'm really sorry that happened. Or I can say, Sage, how can we make sure that that doesn't happen again? Or I can say, leader, suck it up and get it done. All of the frameworks here apply totally to that situation. All I'm doing is just figuring out when to use them. I'm live mixing frameworks. Anybody else? Any other conversation, questions around any of these or what's in the notes? So is it interesting that some personalities are totally fine with, like if you gave them a paradigm to think through six months ago, yeah. that's what I'm finding is like, <laughs> so like, well, if you reference that thing from January, but they're not, right. they don't remember that. Right. Yeah, and a lot other personalities on the staff, they totally remember it and Yeah, for sure. Go ahead. Gary's done a great job of like, you know, with our staff now, when the event's over, everyone in their heads is thinking this. And they know it's coming. Right? So then when they're going through the event, they're like, oh, that was right. So some of them are taking notes during the event or during the Sunday morning or during whatever it is to And that could be a great place to start this with them too. Okay, I see follow through as one of your weaknesses. Now we're going to work on this for the next several months. How are you going to learn it? Who are you going to learn it from? And then we're going to make sure that you're modeling that. So this becomes another framework to get them where you want them to go. Okay? Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. If I came back to that, uh, the seasonal calendar, in that seasonal calendar, we have what's called InfoShare. In that calendar, which you'll do some leadership in there. I have one-on-ones every other week, and that's where I would do something like this. So this is something that I would do with them. So I want you to learn this framework. Make, that, make this their, their, their learn model grow, right? Learn model transfer. I want you to learn this framework, and I want you to run the next meeting doing it. So, I mean, I, I've got one-on-ones, I've got uh, our monthly all staff is leadership stuff, and it, it takes a little while, but I'm telling you, once one person gets it, let them do it. Is that calendar you still can use in that cut? Yeah, 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 absolutely. And I'll upload it into SCED. Is SCED the best way to do it? Well, what, what you have there, is that, yeah, you have an image of what I sent. I will absolutely upload 
because my, because our guy will freak out if I share the live link, I'll make a copy and I'll upload that. And then you guys can do whatever you want with it. <laughs> it would blow his mind. Yeah, oh my gosh, there's so much work. Yeah, is that the best way to do it? Because I don't, I don't know how to do it otherwise. Is, is I mean, the SCED app, is that the best way to do this stuff? Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, I can just say, yeah, if you're already signed up for this, this, uh, this session, then I can shoot an email to everybody with a live link. Thank you. That's a great idea. Fantastic. Anybody else? Yes. I think, too, another point is, like, the framework, like, sometimes you don't even have to really give them the framework. Mm -hmm. So the clarity, you might find out they weren't clear on something because it wasn't communicated right. Like, I mean, that's the beauty of all these frameworks is basically, like, you're going to get to the bottom of why it wasn't clear to them. Yeah. So it's not that they weren't clear. It just might be that you weren't speaking their language. Sure. You didn't say it in a way they can hear it or understand it. Uh, just a couple other ones. I mean, somebody asked me, how do, you, how do you get up and do a talk? I stole this framework. I think Andy Stanley probably said it. What do you want them to know? Why do you want them to know it? What do you want them to do? Why do you want them to do it? How do you make it memorable? I mean, really, I even thought, how, would, how am I making this memorable? Hopefully, you've heard the word framework enough that you're going to start thinking framework. Hopefully, when you, what, what's that? That's exactly my goal. That was it. Thank you. You're going to think Swiss cheese. How can I get less holes in this decision? It's a framework. If, if you get to the place of what framework are we uh, walking through to get to this decision, that's the goal. What framework are we using to make this decision? I don't want to go into a meeting if I don't know what the meeting is about, and I want to know what's the framework we're using to make the decisions that we're making. Right, wrong, missing, confusing. It can be strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats. It can be SOAR, S-O-A-R, strengths, opportunities, uh, aspirations, and results. They're all the same, but they're all different. Uh, there's a couple more in here. So framework would be different than agenda. Yeah, well, uh, no, a framework could be the agenda. Yeah, what's the framework we're using? All right, we're going to all introduce ourselves. We're going to work on the top three because InfoShare has a framework. InfoShare, I'm asking two questions, but they come in with a framework of what are the three things I'm working on this week? What are the things that I need from somebody else? What are my goals? That's InfoShare. So InfoShare is a framework that they have to come prepared to answer those questions. And then that, talk about accountability, we send that out to the board. So the board knows what every staff member is working on every week. Again, this sounds like it's a lot. I mean, the board probably doesn't even read it. <laughs> but they know to come to the meeting with it done. And it's a live Google document, so you can see who's typing while we're having a meeting. And guess what? That then comes to my one-on-ones. That then could come to my time management, the learn model transfer. So, I mean, all of this stuff is just kind of cyclical. You see it, you plug it into a different framework. The five so what's, or ask yourself uh, why or so what five times really gets to the root of it. You guys have heard of that one. Um, one, that, one that I taught my kids, I actually I, I changed it a little bit. So when I was at one church, Greg's last name is Ford. So I created an acronym for how to talk to people. And, but the other one I use with my kids is called FROG, F-R-O-G. So when you're, and they did this, and this was a proud parent moment. We went to a wedding, and the, these ladies came out and was like, are those your girls in there? Because they are so kind. They can carry on a conversation with us. And we just thought we were talking to adults. And I was asking them afterward, I'm like, what would you do? She's like, Dad, I walked through frog. <laughs> Tell me about your family. They want to talk about it. If you ask any of my kids this, they'll, I'll say, hey, 
What do people like talking about? All three of them in unison will say themselves. <laughs> what do you like talking about? You like talking about yourself. So let them. Here's the framework. Tell me about your family. Oh my gosh, how many sisters? How many brothers? Oh, what was that like growing up? You can talk about family all day, every day. Tell me about the frog. So the R is recreation. What do I do for fun? What do I do in my spare time? What are your recreational uh, things that you like to do outside of work? O is uh, what is your occupation? What do you do for a career? And then the G, what are your goals in life? What is something that you haven't done that you still want to do? That's how a 12-year-old would say it. Hey, what's something you have never tried that you really want to try? Have that conversation with a 12-year-old. It's like, dang, how deep do I go with this kid? The other one, if I did forward, it was family, occupation, recreations, and dreams. So what are some dreams that you have? So however you want to remember it. But my kids never have to walk into a place and feel awkward anymore. Here's how you talk to somebody. It's just a framework. And it's simple that anybody can do it. And there's a ton more in there. But even, even the last framework that, uh, you know, I, I texted this to a staff member who was going through something the other day. And I said, okay, here's your framework. And all I did was broke down Philippians, I think it's 4, 6, and 7. Okay, don't worry, but pray. Yeah. So here's your framework. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he's done. Then receive. It's a framework. So I just sent him, I said, here's your framework, because that's the language we're trying to get everybody to use. Here's your framework. Don't worry about anything, but I want you to pray. I want you to tell God. I want you to thank God. And then I want you to sit back and receive. He's like, okay, thanks. Everything is a framework for me. Yeah, yep. Yeah, come on. Yeah. There you go. Figure that shift out. That's actually a certification. <laughs> <laughs> That's so natural in our lingo. But yeah. So, so coaching is all about shifting, right? Frames, shifting your mindset. What is a two-degree shift I can make? And, and really, that, it's, it's from a company called SightShift. And this guy was a pastor for like 17 years. And so sight shift is based on, I think I talked about this a little bit at uh, uh, Let's Lead This, which if you've not gone to the Let's Lead This conference that Jordan puts on, he does a great job. So there's a shameless plug for that. A little bit of a distance, but it's worth it. I think he did a really, really great job with that. But figure that shift out is all about, here's another framework. First gear, if you're thinking of a car going first gear, second gear, third gear, first gear is identity. Because sometimes we try to live out of our mission, which is second gear, or we get caught up in trying to please our community which is third gear. So if we live for our community because I don't want to lose any friends, then I'm going to take on the role of this and say that that's my identity. But Jesus modeled something different. He said, I know who I am. And if you look at Matthew when the, you know, he's getting baptized and when the, the heavens open up and God says, what, this? This is his identity. This is who he is. Then he steps into his mission to go and, and save the world from our sins. Then he built his community based on the mission based on his secure identity. So figure that shift out is all about, and you think about what's going on in our schools, and I'll tell you this is true. Andy Stanley said this, you don't choose your friends, your friends choose you. I can see that in our schools because what's happening is if, I, if my daughter, 14-year-old, goes in and says, you know what, those church kids, they're rejecting me. Those athletes, they're rejecting me. Those girls, gay, lesbian, bi, whatever, they're kind to me. I'm stepping into community and saying, well, since this is the people that I'm hanging around with, then this must be the role that I play in that community. Therefore, 
This must be my identity. That's what's going on because we don't know who we are. So if I had a coaching kind of mantra, it's walking people to the fullness and the freedom that Christ died for them to have. And that all starts with knowing who I am, whose I am. My identity is in Christ. It doesn't matter if this session goes great or bad. I'm still the same Gary. The role as a communicator slash coach teacher, maybe I suck. But I'm going to build my community around the people. I don't, it, my identity is not caught up in this community or this role. My identity is secure in Christ. So thank you for asking that. Sorry for the longer explanation. It's 310. If you want any more information from me, I'm happy to stick around and talk for a little bit. Otherwise... You're free to go.